Hey friends, you're tuned in to the Learn or Be Learned podcast, a show where wisdom meets curiosity in order to discover the human experience. I'm your host, Shiva D, and remember, you either learn from or you're learned from. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back, friends, to another great episode here on Learn or Be Learned. This is a very interesting episode, to say the least. I haven't done in a university-affiliated episode, I think, in two years since Emory. But, yeah, I remember interviewing people on the Autism Awareness Organization and, and some professors and PhD students and teachers and students and whatnot. But here we are. This is actually a little bit different. I have a project, final exam project due in my consciousness class. And for those of you that may know or may not know, I'm getting a master's in Ayurveda and integrative medicine. I love medicine, but I didn't fully believe that the path I was going down in the medical field was giving me the information I was seeking, right? I wanted to know how to live a healthier, more balanced life. And that's a whole nother topic for another day. But here I am, I found this master's program, I love it. And I have a few points I'd love to talk about on this episode that is also for my class, but I think it, I thought I'd, you know, shoot two burns with one stone here and, and share with you guys too, which I think would be really cool. So this episode, we're going to kind of touch on the idea of consciousness, this fourth state of consciousness that Dr. John Haglin has talked about, and slightly touch on this thing called the unified field theory, which I'm sort of starting to grasp, but I don't want to jump too much into it because I don't really understand it fully yet, but it's for my class, so I do need to touch on it. But let's start with the consciousness, right? So what exactly is consciousness? To be exact, it's always being debated what what it truly is, where it truly stems from. But in a sense, it's the conscious or I guess awareness of one's inner and outer reality based on our perceived senses, which is why it's interesting, because if our perceived senses can be altered, then theoretically consciousness could be altered then is consciousness really what we believe it is or if is is it more right is, is there more to consciousness than what we understand and and we'll get into that a little bit but yeah i think consciousness is very interesting you also can see things you know when i studied anthropology there was this thing called the theory of mind which is basically our god-given mental faculties to understand the awareness of not just ourselves but the perception of others right we we can understand that someone else might be sad or why they might be sad or our ability to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes at least the capacity i know not everybody in today's day and age does that but we do have the capacity for it and which is interesting though because if you're on the autistic spectrum you actually aren't equipped with all these mental faculties which is why you see them with diminished understandings of social complexities or you know depending on the spectrum but usually there is some level of 
or to some degree a diminished ability to understand social complexities. And then you have an interesting one is the ability to grasp this idea of religion. Can they understand it? Yes. But do they do they understand it from the perspective of belief and faith? No. Right. Which is, I think, is really interesting because that requires a theory of mind in order to have a belief in a religion. And then another interesting point I'd have to say is empathy, right? Their ability to empathize. Obviously, it's a spectrum, so there's a degree to this, but the ability to empathize is a mental faculty given to us in a natural state when when one does have a theory of mind, which I think can also correlate to consciousness, but obviously it's not exclusive because you can have consciousness and be autistic, right? So, I mean, not to jump in this rabbit hole, but consciousness, I don't believe at least is mutually exclusive to humans. I think there is consciousness in other beings. Maybe they don't have the exact same mental faculties as us, the same tool sets to maneuver through life. Maybe we were given something more. But consciousness in itself is awareness, right, is life. I mean, look at all these today's modern slang we say. We say mother nature. We say, um, you know, all these things which kind of hint towards this idea of consciousness existing beyond us right but to jump in a little bit i think you know today too many people are so stuck on theoretical knowledge that we've forgotten that experiential understanding is just as important especially as someone who went through uh, at least half of the medical field journey i saw a lot of pressure to understand theoretical knowledge but to me, I think life is the culmination of both. You you have to have, think about it, right? You, you could study business all day. You could read books. You can listen to people. But if you don't have that experiential understanding, you never did it, you don't truly understand what it's like to know business, right? Same thing here with consciousness, with spirituality, with, uh, I believe, you know, this quantum physics, quantum mechanics, science, even just science. I believe we are so far into this theoretical knowledge where we, it's called reductionism, and you see it, which was really cool because I studied anthropology and theology, but also medicine at the same time. So it was really cool to see this dichotomy where half of my classes were on this experiential understanding and then the other side was hammering you with theoretical knowledge and they said if you know if there's no evidence it doesn't exist it's you know you get hammered that way and, and you start to believe it to the point where you don't actually have faith in anything that's not above theoretical knowledge which is interesting because science is always ever-changing but to go back to it, you know, we actually did talk about that in this course a little bit, the idea of theoretical knowledge and experiential understanding. And, and I do believe to truly understand consciousness is not just to read about it or understand it at a theoretical level, a reading level, um, but also experience it through your awareness, right? Just daily life, meditation, calmness, reflection, I think too many of us try to numb out the experiential understanding portion because either it's scary, there's fear attached, there's things we don't want to look at uh, about ourselves, about others, 
our situation maybe so we we avoid it we run away from the other part of life which is not which is getting the opportunity to live it so i think that's really important but to jump right into this next idea of consciousness so dr haglin talks about how there is there is um more than three states of consciousness right you have waking sleeping and dreaming but he suggests that there is actually a fourth state where he coins i believe he coined the term transcendent consciousness which essentially is our ability to right so so when he was explaining this he he showed this graph of two brains one brain had just a normal brain and and small parts of the brain communicated with each other but not very much and then the other side every portion of the brain was interconnected and he took he called this side the transcendent side and apparently what the differentiator was was meditation the other person had meditated for three months and this was the study that was done so it was really interesting to see how you know because of this transcendent state when they started taking tests and measures every area of intelligence improved from practical intelligence to fluid intelligence to emotional regulation amongst the numerous health benefits from you know lowered stress lowered risk of health ailments like heart attack to diabetes to stroke i mean this is free guys this is just you gotta spend time and have faith and belief you actually do start to notice a difference in at least when i began doing it i noticed a difference in my emotional regulation emotional state my calmness my ability to handle pressure and stress as had improved yeah i i believe there is some merit for this and and even uh, one of the one of our guest speakers dr keith wallace showed a bunch of research showing how meditation reduced all these health health effects as well so you know i do believe meditation is incredible it's very profound on what it does and we're still trying to understand it and and i do believe there is a linkage to consciousness with it right so if we're jumping into this third point we have this concept called the unified field theory i'm gonna try my best i am okay so we have four known forces fundamental forces in physics and in science chemistry as well and i believe it's the weak nuclear force electromagnetism strong nuclear force and then gravity right so the strong nuclear force and the weak nuclear force i've often seen it in this idea of chemistry when you have atoms and molecules and this is kind of how atoms and molecules kind of have that attraction for each other and the way they interact and that's a you know that's a whole semester of knowledge there but but essentially that's the the glue that keeps the atoms and molecules forming together which eventually form more and more and then that's how you're that's how you have the table you're sitting at right how a table is solid how a table is a table is is the intermolecular forces but then we have uh, electromagnetism which just basically says that you know these interactions emit you know this electricity this this electromagnetic state and then we have gravity right and then everybody gets to some extent understands gravitational pull of, of a mass um the heavier the object the more the gravitational pull but what scientists couldn't understand was the first three made sense right 
electromagnetism, strong, weak, nuclear force, they all kind of go together. They're all like attraction states. But then gravity kind of felt different because it was like, okay, gravity pulls things down to the highest mass, but it's not really an attraction state, right? It just, it, to them, it was just mind-boggling of how this would relate to the other three. So they kept trying to figure out like how this would occur. And eventually they are looking at this idea called the unified field theory, which is essentially saying there is one whole fundamental force that stems towards these other forces, right? There's a unified force. And not to get too much into what this idea really means, but when Dr. Haglin was explaining it, basically, if you look at the ocean and the waves and everything, these are the fundamental forces that you see interacting. But if you go in the depths of the ocean where it's silent and not moving, that's the unified field theory. That's the unified force, the unified field theory where consciousness can even occur, right? So, and when he was explaining this, he was saying like, it's not dead it's not moving it's almost like reverberating in itself it's just kind of like flowing with potential and then you know things occur from that point of start and you know who knows if this is true or not but smarter men than me are looking into it but from what i can understand you know what something that i thought was interesting is Nikolai Tesla's work and he talks about if you want to understand the universe think of in terms of waves vibrations and frequencies and that's so interesting because if you think because he's Dr. Haglund's talking about how this is a reverberating state right where this is just vibration so from that vibration creates the potential vibration creates vibrating states of existence and then from there blah 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 we grow we grow and we here we are today this is like i know this is a very different episode it's pretty deep it's maybe even a little confusing but it goes to show that you know perhaps there's more to this life than we kind of truly understand if if, if you had to get an essence of what i was talking about in this episode there is more to life than what we understand even when i remember a few years ago i mean i go to india quite a bit but a few years ago i was in india and i was i was going on my daily walk in the morning and i noticed these design patterns they'd put at the front of the house we call them we call it golems in in Tamil Nadu uh, but essentially I just didn't understand why and when I would ask people they didn't really know why either they would just say it's tradition and Indian tradition is very very old to the point where I think there is a lot of lost knowledge where we just do rituals to do them and we don't really truly understand anymore but I'm always curious I'm always asking questions and a few years later on social media, I see this guy doing, he puts sand on this vibrational plate and then he hits different frequencies, different hertz on it. And depending on the hurt, it creates a different pattern. And then I looked at it, I was like, that looks like those columns that I saw, right? The, the, the design patterns that they created outside the houses in India, only to make me think maybe, you know, this is a possibility that back then they would create these design patterns as a way of emitting a vibrational state of being outside the house right like a positivity thing like to just kind of every time you enter the home you enter with positivity and i think that's honestly a 
pretty cool idea maybe that's where it stems from and you know from the anthropology side there is definitely lost knowledge if you look at the temples in india if you look at the pyramids of egypt there's so many unanswered questions of how a structure to that magnitude could be built way way before the level of technology we have now and even today we couldn't we couldn't do it to that level they did which has to mean there's a gap in our human history and lost technology i don't know i think that's just profound to me but you know if you want to enter this creative state this flow state perhaps this is slightly like us tapping into this unified field of of our mind is just because when I started doing transcendental meditation, the, what the, the way they explain it is you go deeper, deeper into your mind, kind of like an ocean to the point where you're at this, like the bottom of the ocean where it's like quiet and, and not moving. And that's how you calm your mind, right? I know many of us could probably relate to this idea of an overactive mind, but the meditation kind of grounds you and gets you lower that I believe in to some way that is like the unified field which I know in another episode I talked about how the microcosm and macrocosm almost have a reflection of each other, meaning the little things have a resemblance of bigger things, right? How carrots, if you cut a carrot, it looks like an iris, and carrots have carotene, which is good for your eyes. Walnut is composed of 70% fat, looks like a brain. Your brain's composed of 70% fat, I believe, and walnuts are really good for your brain i mean there is a lot of resemblances and perhaps that's just another one but i did google it it's around 60 plus percent fat which which is kind of crazy these resemblances but you know without getting too much more into it i know this was a very in-depth and very heavy episode compared to the usual content and you know i think the more i take this course and the more i understand this master's program the better i will get at understanding it which will make it easier for me to explain it to you guys but hopefully you guys got a couple cool points out of this maybe you'll have to rewatch it <laughs> maybe you'll have to go slower to understand it or maybe i was just confusing at some points but i would love to hear you guys' thoughts Thank you so much for watching and remember everybody, you either learn from or you're learned from. Thanks. Bye.